You're listening to 06 Answers, where every week we interview a different member from the West Point class of 2006. When you ask 06 questions, you'll get 06 Answers. Welcome everyone to the 06 Answers podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wang. Joining me here on today's episode is Pete Crawford. Now, Pete is currently based out of Durham, North Carolina, and is the co-founder and head of operations for Acre. He was originally from Spring, Texas, and is was in D1 as a plebe and H3 as an upperclassman. Pete, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, and we, you know, we talked earlier, I think we were catching up before we even connected for this podcast episode about your journey. And you're in North Carolina, and I'm, I'm in New York, and I feel like you must run into a ton of classmates just being in one of the hotspots for the military, but also just, you know, corporations. What's that been like? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, people do, a lot of folks do pass through here. We're not too far from what used to be called Fort Bragg, now called Fort Liberty. And then for some reason, Duke and UNC seem to attract a lot of folks. So you've already had Greg Gephardt on. He's He doesn't live too far. I had coffee recently with John Florence, who's a, a med resident at Duke. For like nine months, Tracy Sessions' kid and my kid went to the same preschool and we didn't realize it. And then finally <laughs> we're like, oh, we should go like meet up. This is crazy. And uh, there's another classmate who is a dear friend, but I won't say this person's name because I want to tell a story about this person and sort of how we help each other out. This person's in the medical space and I'm not saying the name because it might get this person in trouble, but during the pandemic, one of my kids banged her head and needed stitches and we didn't know what to do because we didn't want to take her to a hospital. And so we called this friend and this friend came over to our house and we used the coffee table as an operating table. And this friend stitched up my daughter, <laughs> masks on and everything. So yeah. yeah, it's a good community. It's a good community here. Wow. Yeah, no, that is uh, an awesome story. And, and you know, you're name dropping some folks and you had said John Florence. And I think I shared with you the story about John. We were E3 company mates. My wife is buying a book for our twins to get them ready for a doctor's yeah. visit. And she just brings home this book and it's written by John and Kara Florence. And I was like, I know John is a Tillman scholar and he's you know a doctor. I'm like, there's no way it's the same John Florence I know. Flip the cover and sure enough, it's John and his wife. And it was just crazy coincidence that my wife brought home that book. And now our twins you know, are ready for the doctor thanks to our classmates. So <laughs> just got a full circle. It's wild. And just yeah. amazing. Yeah. People are doing amazing stuff out there. Yeah. And I remember too, we talked about Jason Lim, right? So I know he went to uh, Duke and now he's out here in New York. So it's just great being in a big city where you do happen to run into classmates. Yeah. Just, you know, other West Point connections as well. For sure. Well, Pete, maybe we'll just jump into the questions. So, you know, we've talked about 06 answers and there's obviously the six questions. So maybe I'll just jump into question one. Pete, what's a core memory or story of yours from the West Point days that really stands out that you'd like to share with our audience? Sure. So I'll maybe do two for the price of one, one quite serious and then one just sort of ridiculous. But the serious one is, you know, we have this every once in a while, like brief glimpses of what we're really a part of. Uh, most of the time, we're just kind of heads down, muddling through. But, you know, we had those few moments, unfortunately, during our time where we had to do TAPS vigils. We didn't have to, you know, it was voluntary, I guess. But, uh, you know, as tragic as those times were, it, it, it's a pretty powerful memory for me just to to go out on the plane all dressed up and be there silently with everybody else. And uh, it was kind of a rare glimpse when you had to do it of the significance of what we were a part of. Kind of a strange, bittersweet kind of silver lining to the otherwise tragic circumstances that usually precipitated that that kind of thing. But 
pretty powerful, pretty powerful memory in my mind. But on the on the lighter side, I have this memory and, and it comes up often because my kids love this story. They always ask me about like, tell us about army stuff. And one that comes to mind is I think it was our cow year. Somebody in the mess hall screwed something up and a bunch of us got food poisoning. And I, I was in the first wave of people who got sick. But what was comical to me was that like everyone was getting sick in like four hour waves. And I just remember that, that the night that ever, of that day that everyone got sick, I had a room on Central Area at, at that point. And there was like 15 minutes before taps, an announcement came over. Hey, if you need to go to the hospital, <laughs> come now because our duty driver is going to make a trip up. And it was like night of the living dead. Everyone just like pours out of the barracks into Central Area like zombies, like stumbling towards Central Guard Room. And for some reason, that image is is emblazoned on my brain. It's just kind of, even though I was still feeling sick, it was pretty hilarious to see that. Did you ever find out what it was? I can't remember. I, yeah, I don't know. Outbreak. It was some sort of, I mean, this is the downside of everyone eating at the same time in the same place is that if something goes wrong, you're just, you know, passing around that disease family style with the chicken. And uh, I remember when I went in, I went into the cadet health clinic and it was so bad that like, they were actually tacking IV bags to the wall and just having cadets sit there and get some uh, get some fluids to help them, you know, get through whatever it was. But yeah, pretty ridiculous. It must be the uh, the Texas Pete probably. Someone probably had a contaminated <laughs> yeah. bottle. Yeah. Now, every time I see it in the stores, I'm always thinking uh, of the mess hall. So thanks for that memory. Yeah. Pete, maybe I'll jump to question two, and it's something more reflective. So what's something that you're most proud of since graduation? You know, reflecting on this a little bit, I, I've been—I'm proud of the the life that my wife and I have have made for our kids. It's you know we've had to make some tough calls along the road. One of those was getting off active duty, just because it was increasingly tough as our family was growing to to give them stability and and you know kind of achieve the vision we had for them. But you know, and massive credit to my wife here. I mean, she's she's worked so hard, built a business out of a hobby, and sort of endured the you know, nights alone as a single mother and all that while I was deployed. And and so now we, you know, we have a, a place here in Durham that we really love, great neighborhood, our kids are involved. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, you get to sort of pause and enjoy that. And, uh, and I, I take pride in that. And, you know, again, massive credit to, to my wife as well. Yeah, I was going to ask a little bit more about your family. So where were you stationed when you had your first child? We were here. Yeah, it's part of what drew us back to North Carolina, because as you mentioned at the top, I'm from Texas. But, you know, we've considered North Carolina our adopted home because it was where we brought home our first daughter. We have three three daughters. So one was born at Fort Bragg at Womack Army Medical Center. And then our second was born in Germany when we were stationed over there three months to the day from our, our travel date to PCS uh, as we were getting out of getting off active duty. And I know that because the, the on post visa office refused to give us a sofa stamp for my daughter. Cause they're like, Oh, it's she, she's only going to be here three months before you guys PCS. But it was like, yeah, but if our date slips one day to the right, we're like in violation of <laughs> visa rules with Germany, but thankfully it didn't work out. And then our, our youngest was born back here in the triangle at, at UNC. Nice. So yeah, two, two folks consider North Carolina, I guess, their their birth home. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. And uh, like you said, now you're kind of establish your roots and going forward from here. Yeah. Well, Pete, I'll pivot to question three. You know, what's something that you wish more people knew about you or maybe just an interesting fact? Yeah. So tying this back to the West Point experience, you know, 
it ended up working out fine for me, you know, at, at West Point, but it didn't start out that way. Actually, I, uh, <laughs> my first, when we got our first class rankings, which I guess would have been at the end of first semester of plebe year, I was like, I, I was in the four digit numbers and that was because my physical fitness grades were like atrocious. I had to, I really dug a hole for myself and had to, to climb out of it. You know, I, I remember that semester I was in the, uh, commanders, commandants, whatever it was, the physical fitness re- rehabilitation remediation program. I was in that. I was like, you know, this is not exactly what I had in mind for uh, how I was going to spend my time at West Point. So yeah, I think that was an important early experience. Thankfully, you know, I had some people come alongside me and say, hey, look, guy, you need to work harder in this area and, you know, was able to get through it. But yeah, I, you know, looking back, it's that was tough. That was a tough time. And I, I'm not sure that by the time we scrambled into a yuckier company that anyone sort of knew that part of, you know, where I where I started in my cadet journey, so to speak. Yeah, no, it's very inspirational because you did graduate, become an infantry officer, and then you went special forces. So, I mean, can you tell me a little bit more about the inspiration for, you know, branching infantry and kind of navigating your military career? Yeah, I mean, it, I think, you know, I started out thinking I wanted to be an engineer officer, to be honest, not knowing much about any of the branches. Uh, I didn't come from a military family. So I had some fantastic uh, folks that uh, invested in me along the way that were on the faculty or whatnot, and was really inspired by what I saw among the the infantry and special forces folks there. Yeah, I, I mean, there were folks like uh, Colonel Retired Dick Hewitt, who was in the economics department. He influenced me both as with the infantry decision, but also with my major. He's retired now and making quadrillions of dollars, I think, out in California. So good for him. But, uh, you know, fo- folks like that who who really, you know, I think one of the special things about West Point, among many, sure, is just the way that the faculty uh, take their job seriously and invest in us and sort of cultivate our interests and steer us in directions that are going to align with our, our interests and, uh, and our skills. Yeah, Pete, if I may, you know, on the topic of instructors and the impact they had on us as cadets, I remember we caught up and you had said that you returned to West Point actually as a reservist, if I'm correct, right? To, to teach at. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, something I didn't know existed when I was a cadet, but yeah, each of the uh, academic departments has some number of reserve billets and those departments use their reserve billets in a variety of ways. A lot of them use it as a, a way to have staff faculty. Staff works a little differently now than it did, I think, when we were cadets, but yeah, I mean, maybe as a as a public service announcement for those who are still in the reserves and looking for an interesting way to contribute, get in touch with your your academic department. You may be able to grab a slot up there. It's been such a rewarding way to stay plugged in. And, you know, sometimes you're in front of cadets teaching. Sometimes you're working on special department projects or initiatives. I, <laughs> I had a unique experience this last time I was up there where I you know, I was even giving one of the cadets relationship advice. So, you know, you just, you never know what you're going to be called on to do. Oh man. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's a great memory to just think of uh, all my instructors and now just fast forward, like thinking my peers, our classmates, right. Are, are the ones giving the advice to the cadets as they're going through their experience. Pretty crazy. Very cool. Well, Pete, the uh, next question is more so about the future. So what's something currently in the works that you're most excited to share about with our audience? Well, my my uh, adventure that I've been on the last couple of years has been co-founding this company, Acre, that you you referenced at the beginning. It has been such a fun fun thing to do, so rewarding. I've told people it's the the most fun I've had since I was a, a team leader over in Germany. But 
you know, we're building a, a product and serving folks in what we think is an under, underserved part of the market in real estate, where typically the only option you have is to go get a mortgage and take a 30-year bet on a house or go rent. And in a world where people are living in homes for shorter periods of time, you know, something like 29% of people who buy their house end up moving within five years. A mortgage tends not to be a great product, certainly not a great experience for you if you're if you're on that kind of timeline. And so uh, we've been building this this way for folks to get into a great home that they want to get into, but at much lower overall cost. You know, it's it's a better financial outcome for most folks, and certainly the experience is uh, is better. So that's been fun building a team. You know, very smart folks uh, in every role. It, we've been so lucky to, to get the folks around the table that we have. And then, yeah, to just get traction and start building this thing here in our current, our local area, which is, you know, the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area, the Triangle area of North Carolina. And then hopefully later this year, taking that into to market number two. So it's been a blast. Yeah, it sounds awesome. And I, I remember going to the website and it was very sexy looking and uh, it's just cool oh, and nice. Yeah. <laughs> but Pete, I was going to ask, like, how did you come up with the idea with you and your co-founders? And, and like, you know, in terms it of, was, is it like a yeah, background a or a story? Effort. Yeah. So one of the other co-founders is Kent Kersey. He's an 03 grad. I had known Kent briefly as a cadet and we over, we overlapped his first year, our plebe year. And um, we kept in touch as he was... Uh, moving around in the army, and then he got out and and started, you know, in in startups in Silicon Valley. He connected me with the other two folks who would end up being co-founders, and he and uh, one of the other co-founders, Mike, had already been in the real estate space. They had been hacking at different ideas that they were seeing, you know, and, and trying to think of a, a better way to build uh, access to homes and and financial products to homes and all this sort of stuff. And from my perspective, I had been looking at it as well, maybe from a different, through a different lens, you know, seeing innovative things people were doing in real estate at local, at the local level, say in, in Austin, where my brother lives and trying to think through, how would we apply that here where I live in Durham? Is there, is there a way we could do that? And then, you know, also given the job I was in at the time, trying to build products in the energy space and seeing how hard it is to get people's attention, to do something, to improve their home and their living situation when it comes to like sustainability or efficiency or something. And it just, it, you know, at some point I, I had the, to ask the question, well, what if you already were in the home, so to speak? What if you already had a relationship with a homeowner? Would it be easier to encourage them to do things that were better for their living situation, better for their home, whatever it is. And, uh, and so we, we sort of, you know, for about a year met over coffee and nights and weekends and built a financial model and really tried to, to, to stop this before it started. And uh, in spite of ourselves, quit otherwise perfectly good jobs to <laughs> start something new. Yeah, no, it sounds ambitious, but also exciting. Yeah, we're looking forward to following the success of Acre and, you know, supporting you where we can. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, Pete, I'll jump on to the, the next two questions. Question five is, you know, what we called our grip hands question. And it's the one posed by our previous guest. Who we last had on the podcast was Tanya Moreno-Donovan, and she asks, what part of the cadet experience could you have done without? Or, you know, what, what parts of the cadet experience, you know, still give you nightmares to this day as an adult? <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of related to the uh, what do you wish people knew about you thing. I mean, part of the hole that I dug for myself is I absolutely hated gymnastics slash military movement. It just, it was, it was literally my first class at West Point because I had it 
you know, a hour or whatever. And so that was the, that was the first academic year experience I had was walking in that class and just being like, I, I am never going to make it out of here. I, I was built to carry things. I was not built to jump on trampolines, but if you give me a rucksack, I'm fine. I just, I'm not, you know, dancing, not my thing. Gymnastics, not my thing. I understand the value to us <laughs> as military officers who need to be fit and, and all of that. But man, I would be fine if that had gone away. <laughs> now it's all making sense. If, you know, your very first class and your very first experience was military movement, yeah. I could see how it would impact, you know, your physical score and, and you'd be like a low zero. I get it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've tried to use that now as a joke with my kids. It hasn't, it hasn't taken yet, you know, giving them a, a high zero for something or, or whatever, but yeah, they're not, they're not picking up on it, unfortunately. Yeah. And I was going to ask, have you brought your family? I'm assuming since you were there as an instructor, but I mean, have they toured the campus or like, have they gone to Arvin gym yeah. and seen like the whole, all the balance beams and everything? Yeah. In spite, yeah. In spite of my disdain for the, for Hayes gym, I did take my, my oldest daughter there and showed her the IOCT and all that, you know, and so she, she tried to, you know, climb a rope and do the shelf and all that sort of stuff. Of course, she thought it was fantastic. I was like, yeah, but wait until, wait until you're graded on it. Wait until your weekend pass is dependent on your ability to, to do this thing. Like, that feels very different. Yeah. Now I'm getting um, horrible nightmares. As we're yeah. Sorry. As there's a bunch of people yeah, who are now like, Oh no. And then there's <laughs> others like my roommate, Justin Hogue, who, you know, they just wake up, they just knock out the IOCT and then they're done. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're almost, you know, breaking records anyway, Justin, uh, love you. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Justin. Yeah. Pete, the last question really is kind of tying back now to the, the long gray line. So what do you want to ask the next classmate? One of the things that we had to, memorize uh, in beast I, I think was the mission and we have this commitment to a lifetime of selfless service to the nation and of course we all do that in some form while we're on active duty but uh, so i suppose my question is once you've left active duty or if you already have how do you see yourself continuing to serve uh, that's that's what i'd love to hear from the next person and pete as always i always like to ask the, the... Yeah, turn it around. Turn it around on you. So how do you see yourself giving back? Well, I, so I've, I've been a part of the Guard or Reserve since I left active duty. That's been such an honor to be a part of, not just at West Point, but in my, my previous role as in the North Carolina National Guard. And it's funny because I think it, at some point, maybe all of us would have made fun of National Guardsmen, National Guardswomen, you know, as like weekend warriors and their kit always looks a little disheveled or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but they're playing such a crucial role in our in our nation, in our local communities, you know, at the National Guard level or whatever. And so I've, I've earned a, I've developed a, a new respect for those institutions in smaller ways as well. You know, just one of the benefits, again, of having stability for more than a couple of years uh, on Army rotations is being involved in your local community, in our, our church, in my kids' school, you know, trying to find more more things like that. Uh, all the time as my kids get older and need need less handholding along the way and trying to get them involved in it. But uh, that was, I think that was part of the thing that my wife and I were looking for uh, once we did finally put down roots somewhere was finding a way to, to serve in those ways. So I guess I'll also just put in a plug for folks who are building businesses, hiring people. I mean, there's a service component to that as well uh, that that fits into the the larger role we play in society. My hat's off to those folks who are 
taking risks and, and building new things as well. I, I, I see that as a, a way that we can contribute. Yeah, no, well said. Pete, before we, we finish the episode, I was going to ask, you know, how can people get in touch with you or, you know, check out Acre or anything else that you're working on? Yeah, li- LinkedIn is probably the best way. It's my only social media bad habit. I'm really not on anything else, at least not regularly. So yeah, Pete Crawford at, uh, on LinkedIn. And I got to ask about the customized URL that you have for your LinkedIn profile. How'd you come up with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How the heck are you? Yeah, my, my LinkedIn URL is, uh, is, you know, whatever it is, LinkedIn slash how the heck are you? So if you didn't know that, you can customize your own your own LinkedIn thing as well if you want to. There you go. A plug for LinkedIn. So hopefully Joe McGovern's happy now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Pete, any, any last call to action from our classmates? I hope to see folks at the uh, at the re- next reunion or at a sporting event if, if we're out here in, in North Carolina uh, playing football or baseball or whatever. Uh, I would love to catch up. And, and also just want to say again, Matt, I, you know, said this before, but I, I really appreciate you taking on this this project. I think it's really neat to just hear what everybody's up to. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Pete. And I really, I mean, I, I got to thank the guests for coming on. You know, it's a lot to take time out of your schedule just to share about your story and your background. So really appreciate you and everyone else that's uh, come forward so far. And, sure. uh, you know, just to, to summarize the episode, thanks again. You know, I think the, one of the things you said in terms of your memories that really resonate with me was, you know, sometimes we put our heads down and we're only get a brief glimpse of like what we're a part of. And I feel like now that we're in our late thirties, forties, that's how I feel about like West Point in general, right? Like it was just putting our heads yeah. down for four years, but really like we're a part of a larger community. And it's great to hear like stories like yours and from our classmates, just to see how everyone's doing over the years. So thanks again for sharing about your family. And then also, you know, kind of your experience going back to West Point. And I feel like it would be a good plug for reservists, you know, who are thinking about the opportunity. And then again, we look forward to Acre and all the success that you and uh, the team are building there. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thanks. Great, Pete. And we'll uh, sign off the episode with our class motto. So never falter, never quit. And thanks again. Thanks for listening to 06 Answers. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on 06 Answers are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of the United States Army, Department of Defense, or any other agency, organization, company they have or currently work for. Nor does its use imply endorsement of our opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. Any material presented here is for general information purposes only. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at 06 Answers.